Inter Podcast. There are numbers that in the history of football have a very different symbolic value than the others. Just to give a few examples, the goalkeeper is universally recognized as the number one. The center forward remains for all the number nine. Very different from the false nueve people are talking about too much in the last few years. Then we can talk about the number seven, the talented winger, and the number five, rocky defensive bastion. However, in this series of podcasts, we want to focus on the number par excellence, the one with a capital N, the most iconic number in the football world. Because, let's say it, what would football be without number 10? 10. 10. 10. Number 10. Number 10. 10 number 10s. Blessed with great vision, the sweetest of right foots, and a deadly shot. Tactically astute, incredible technique, and a winning mentality. Traits and qualities that describe one of the best number 10s to grace the modern game and represent the intercolors. A winner and a genius who played a decisive role in our club's illustrious history. It can only be Wesley Snyder. Summer 2009. The Inter attack was in the middle of a makeover. Ibrahimovic, Adriano, Crespo and Cruz had all bid farewell and were replaced by two formidable forwards in the form of Samuel Eto'o and Diego Milito. But the revolution was not yet complete. There was still a missing piece, a player, a number 10, whose task it would be to provide the ammunition to the strikers and pitch in with a few goals of his own. The man who fitted that mould was to be found 1,500 kilometres from Milan and at a club that was undergoing a few changes of its own, Real Madrid. Florentino Perez, president of the Spanish Giants, was hoovering up the talent on the transfer front that summer in a quest to take Real back to the top of the European game. In a major shopping spree, he splashed the cash for Chubby Alonso, Karim Benzema, Kaká and marquee summer signing Cristiano Ronaldo. A rebuilding process which Perez felt necessary after the feats of major rivals Barcelona, who, under the guidance of Pep Guardiola, had won the treble the season prior. But for all the new arrivals, there had to be departures. And that fate befell on Wesley Snyder. The Dutchman had joined the Madrid outfit in the summer of 2007. His set-piece prowess meant he was seen as the ideal player to replace the outgoing David Beckham. However, only two years after being labelled the heir to the Englishman in Madrid, he was on his way out of the Spanish capital. There is an interesting version of events regarding his move to Inter, and it involves Massimo Moratti. The story goes that the then Inter president, whilst away on holiday in Tuscany, was advised by a barman to swoop for Snyder. But the reality is quite different. Inter's scouting team had been keeping tabs on the player since the end of the previous season. 
And after a few weeks of negotiations with the Madrid-based club, the Nerazzurri got their man. Wesley Snyder became the new number 10 of Mourinho's Inter. Wesley Benjamin Snyder was born in Utrecht, Holland, on the 9th of June 1984, nearly 20 years after another football legend, one who was also born in Utrecht. We're talking, of course, about the great Marco van Basten. Ever since he was a child, Wesley's time was dedicated entirely to football. He would play with his father Barry and his older brother Jeffrey. With commitment like that, it was no surprise that both Wesley and Jeffrey were soon spotted by Ajax, universally recognized as one of the best youth sectors in the game. There, the two brothers learned a very different philosophy, one that was brought in by Johan Cruyff and the revolutionary Renus Michels during the 60s and 70s. A new mentality, a new approach applied across the club, from the very youngest of age groups to the senior team. In addition to Jeffrey and Wesley, the youngest brother Rodney also came up through the Ajax Academy, learning the club's famous style of play. Since the very beginning, though, Wesley showed he was ahead of his brothers. Whilst he was not a striker, he still found the back of the net on a constant basis. Practicing regularly meant that he was capable of striking the ball with a power and precision well beyond his years. As a youngster, he was kept under the watchful eye of Danny Blind, an Ajax and Holland legend. And it was Blind who one day sent a report to the then first team coach. That coach was Ronald Koeman, a footballing great and character that warrants a podcast of his own. But this one is about another Dutch master, Wesley Snyder. Snyder was given his chance in the winter of 2003 after an injury crisis had taken its toll, putting a number of key Ajax players out of action. The coach didn't despair, though, and turned to the talented youngster. He may have been lacking in experience, but Snyder settled fast into first-team football. Alongside and against the country's best players, Snyder looked at home. You could say he had been trained for it. As a kid, he would often take on older lads in cage football, a game designed to work on players' technique and skills. In those matches, he was often the youngest in the cage, but his superior skills and desire to be the best meant he thrived against players who were much bigger and taller. With that in mind, it was no surprise he flourished when he got his chance with the Ajax first team. What's more, he proved invaluable for his versatility, playing across the midfield. It was not long before he was a mainstay, not only in the Ajax team, but also for the Dutch national side. Over the next three and a half seasons, he bagged 60 goals, often overshadowing the forwards in the team for his cutting edge in front of goal. Those kind of displays and numbers inevitably caught the eye of one of the world's biggest clubs, Real Madrid, who took him to the Spanish capital. Wesley arrived at Real in 2007 and, just like his start at Ajax, had no problems settling into the team. 
He scored on his debut in the Madrid derby versus Atletico, quickly endearing himself to his new supporters. In his second match against Villarreal, he netted a brace and then found the net again versus Almeria in his third game. Real Madrid, it seemed, had found the perfect successor to Beckham. Far from being burdened by the task at hand, Snyder played with confidence, rising to the challenge of wearing such a famous football jersey. He played almost every game that season, helping Real win the league title and Spanish Super Cup. The following season proved trickier. An injury in pre-season hampered his summer preparations, but he still managed to recover and play an important role that campaign when fully fit. He seemed all set for his third season with the Blancos jersey when club president Florentino Perez carried out that summer spending spree we mentioned earlier. Kaká, Cristiano Ronaldo, Xabi Alonso and Benzema all joined the club and all of a sudden, Snyder was no longer viewed as indispensable. And so, this brings us to the most crucial point of our story. Snyder landed in Milan in the afternoon of the 27th of August 2009, just 48 hours before the first derby of the season against AC Milan. The first question he was asked by the reporters was, Are you fit to play? Wesley couldn't have been any clearer. Yes, of course. A few simple words, but ones that summed up the desire and attitude of Inter's new number 10, of whom Mourinho would later say, with Snyder, the team is complete, even if I would have liked to have had him with us from the very start of the season. Moo wasn't bluffing, showing faith in him right from the off, and two days later selected the Dutchman in the starting 11 for the derby. Vesley required only six minutes to show what he was capable of. Quando era cross, traiettoria smorzata, Snyder può caricare il destro, palla per Tiago Motta, ci prova il tiro, la grande parata di Storari! Fagli assaggiare che colpi hai, Vesley! Subito al volo! La sassata di Vesley Snyder! San Siro had just been introduced to the newest number 10 one that possessed all the characteristics of a player who had risen through the ranks at the Ajax Academy. Excellent technique, strong with both feet, able to read the game like no other and go past opponents with ease. He played that derby as if he had been a member of that interside for years and was one of the star performers in a resounding 4-0 victory. But this was only the beginning of a memorable season, made up of incredible highs and magical nights that will never be forgotten, like that one in Kiev. The 4th of November, 2009. Inter were away to Dynamo Kiev, the Champions League group stages. The Nerazzurri had to win if they wanted to progress to the round of 16. But after only six minutes, Disaster struck as the hosts found the back of the net through one-time Milan man and Rossoneri legend Andriy Shevchenko. One nil down, Inter sparked into life. Mourinho's men did everything to hit back before the break. Centre-half Walter Samuel tried his luck and so did Cameroonian forward Samuel Eto'o. But try as they might, Inter were unable to get back on level terms. At the start of the second period, 
Kivu and Cambiasso were replaced by Balotelli and Thiago Motta in an effort to add fresh impetus. The team certainly piled on the pressure, but the Dynamo defence continued to hold firm. With time ticking down, Inter appeared to be on the brink of an early Euro exit, when all of a sudden the ball found its way to Snyder. It was a moment that would change the course, not only of the match, but the entire season. Dice il cronometro, guarda ragazzi, palla per Snyder, si gira, ne davanti tre, salta il primo, il secondo, carica il destro, palla dentro, Milito, il suo tiro, è gol, 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 Snyder set up Milito with the Argentine grabbing the equalizer. 1-1 and game on. But time was of the essence. Only four minutes remained on the clock. There was no time to lose. Snyder knew exactly what to do. Snyder, palla che si impenna, protegge, difende benissimo questo pallone. Scambia con Tiago Motta, palla lite, comunità con i palotelli, Muttari! Il tiro, la papara! E gol! 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 That night, in a matter of minutes, Inter would alter its destiny forever. Thanks to the determination and strength of Snyder, Inter emerged victorious from Kiev. We flew back to Milan, knowing it had all been made possible thanks to him, Wesley Snyder, the man in the right place at the right time. Our number 10 would prove decisive in other occasions too throughout the season. There was a brilliant brace that contributed to the vital victory over Siena at San Siro in the last match before the winter break. The team were beset by injuries but still emerged triumphant. Walter Samuel stole the headlines with the winner with the last kick of the game, but Snyder grabbed a big chunk of the limelight too. The Dutchman netted two free kicks, the first a long-range screamer, the second a well-drilled low effort that took the Siena shot-stopper by surprise. Decisive at home, but also abroad in the Champions League. In the second leg of the last 16 away to Chelsea, Inter needed a big performance to book a spot in the quarter-finals of Europe's elite competition. Inter arrived in the English capital after a narrow 2-1 victory in the first leg, but were not going to sit on their lead against Carlo Ancelotti's Chelsea. Mourinho fielded a top-heavy lineup. Eto, Melito, and Pandev up front with Wesley Snyder just behind. The decision would pay dividends. With only 12 minutes remaining, Snyder sent Eto racing through on goal, with Eto holding his nerve to seal a Champions League quarter final berth. The coolest of finishes, but also the most perfectly weighted of deliveries from Snyder. The Dutchman left his mark in the quarterfinals too, netting a free kick away to CSKA Moscow and then again in the semi-final first leg with Barcelona at San Siro. Before that match, 
Barca tactician Guardiola had said, Snyder is a fundamental player for Inter and is very strong with both his feet. Snyder would be just that, fundamental, playing a major role in one of the club's greatest Euro victories. Cambio di gioco, Peretto, posizione buona, arriva Maicon, attenzione da questa parte, con Maicon che allarga Peretto, può andare a cross, palla arretrata, attenzione, Milito, c'è Snyder, solo, tiro, e gol, 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 e Snyder's goal that night arrived moments after Barcelona had stunned San Siro by netting the opener through Pedro. The Dutchman allayed the fears of a sold-out San Siro and, with his equaliser, paved the way to a famous win. In the second half, Maicon and Milito put their names on the score sheet to cap off an emphatic 3-1 victory. Against the odds, Inter had humbled the defending European champions, Barcelona. But the job was not complete. Inter still had to go to the no camp for the return meeting. We all know how the match played out. Inter in 10 men, defending valiantly. And although we lost 1-0 on the night, we progressed to the final, winning 3-2 on aggregate. Next stop, the final in Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu, the ground that Snyder less than a year before called home. One of those fairy tale stories that only football can produce. For the final, Snyder wasn't the only ex-Real Madrid player out on the pitch. The other finalists, Bayern Munich, had in their ranks Snyder's compatriot, Arjen Robben. Like Snyder, Robben had been deemed surplus to requirements in the Spanish capital. But a year later, he found himself at his old ground, one match away from winning the biggest prize in club football. One of the many interesting subplots to a fascinating final played on the 22nd of May 2010. But in the battle between the Dutch duo of Snyder and Robin, only one could triumph. And it would be Vesley. The midfield ace set up the opener for Diego Milito, who would add a second to seal the win in the second half. One of the sweetest nights in club history, as Inter became the first side to win the treble. Serie A, Coppa Italia, and Champions League. Top Italia, the Scudetto and the Champions League. A season to savour. But it could have been even sweeter for our Dutch hero, Wesley Snyder. 
That summer, and with the number 10 on his back, Snyder carried over his club form to his national side at the 2010 World Cup. Snyder was majestic in South Africa, scoring five times. Two of those goals happened to come against a Brazil side that included three of his inter-teammates, Julio Cesar, Maicon and Lucio. Inspired by Snyder and the previously mentioned Robin, Holland reached the final where they met Spain. An evenly matched contest, which so nearly ended in glory for Holland. On 60 minutes and with the score tied at nil-nil, Snyder picked out Robin with an inch-perfect ball, putting Robin clean through on goal. But Robin spurned the gilt-edged chance, one that might well have handed Holland a first-ever World Cup triumph. Instead, Spain clinched it deep into extra time thanks to a goal from Iniesta. World Cup disappointment for Snyder, but he soon consoled himself by marrying the beautiful Yolante Cabal, and their wedding, held in the countryside of Siena, was one of the most talked-about events in all gossip magazines. An almost perfect year on and off the pitch, his performances for club and country even put him in contention for the coveted Ballon d'Or. As a World Cup finalist and Champions League winner, he had all the credentials to land the prize. Many thought it was a done deal. In the end, Messi was crowned the winner, ahead of Iniesta and Xavi in second and third. In his heart, though, Vesley knows the feeling of winning the treble goes beyond even the most prestigious of individual awards. The plaudits and his career achievements speak for themselves. This number 10 had it all. Capable of setting up teammates and creating chances for others, but also scoring wonder goals that will live long in the memory of all Inter supporters. A true champion with the black and blue jersey. Vesley Snyder, the number 10 of our epic treble winning season. The decisive playmaker who lit up the best ever season in our glorious club history.